Welcome to the Sustainable Events Podcast, where we talk with our special guests about the most up-to-date topics in sustainability and tech for events. This podcast is powered by Circular Unity, the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events. Hello everyone, here is Eduardo Lebri, the host of Sustainable Events Podcast, powered by Circular Unity the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events. Today we have like one of the founders of Green Events, uh, our special guest. We are really happy to have you here with us, like uh, to talk about yourself and uh, what you guys are doing at uh, Green Events. Uh, so let's start with this. So, like, tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, how did you guys start Green Events and the story about what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, so, I started working in events after my um, study. So, that's already 20 years ago. Um, and I think 20 years ago, there was a little bit things happening on sustainability and events but it was really like start just starting um i worked at idnt for some time as sustainability manager um and in that time it was just starting but there were not a lot of suppliers there was not a lot of knowledge uh or best practices um and meanwhile uh, paul and, and laura Laura worked at Extrema in the Netherlands, also uh, uh, large events, and uh, Paul at uh, um, a generator uh, company. Um, and they thought, okay, let's build a platform where we can collaborate on sustainability with the events industry, but also share the knowledge. Because it's such a waste if people find out something works or something works not, uh, and others cannot learn from this. So it started out small, but um, uh, yeah, they also ignite projects like the green, the first Green Deal. It was like about waste-free festivals. Um, and I think we really build an ecosystem in the Netherlands where um, event organizers wanted to collaborate on sustainability. So on other items, maybe they were competitors, but on sustainability, people felt like it, it's such it's better if we like move forward fast with this subject and this is uh, i think eight years ago um and i think now yeah the i think the positive thing is that there are there is this little group of front runners which are really aiming very high and which are we who are also really developing and showing things are happening um and yeah we we work with them on different um, teams. Awesome, awesome! Thank you very much. Like, uh, I really uh, touched me, uh, and I agree with you in this very important point of collaboration. Uh, that uh, yes, for us to accelerate a sustainable future in, in the event sector, we need to endorse and encourage like as many events uh, collaborating together to to achieve uh, the good results in sustainability share what uh, 
what is what is working, what is not working, and this can really be um, something that ignites uh, the the way towards sustainability. Uh, I share this vision with you. Um, sustainability is a topic that is now becoming mainstream. We see more and more uh, LinkedIn articles, people of every kind of company talking about sustainability. And you told me that you are in the event sector for a very long time, or 20 years of experience uh, in the industry. Um, so I would like to ask you, how did, how do you see how, how you see this transition from 20 years ago to, to today? What are the main differences, especially in this period uh, after COVID? Because I, I heard while talking to different people from different backgrounds, I noticed the common pattern that before COVID and after COVID, it was like a, a point of change in the events industry. I would like uh, to, to hear from you. Ah, mm, yeah, I don't know. I also feel in the Netherlands, but it's also in Europe, uh, a lot of festivals are struggling because the prices for, um, uh, for like for suppliers have, have raised, uh, but also to have your team on board again after two years. Of course, people left the company and now new people are the young people, but they didn't ever worked in the events. So I think for my feeling, it was a really a struggle to put a sustainability still like on the agenda. I think some quite some events were more surviving, like having the bases, like having security, having fences, having toilets, like really the basic that was uh, I think stressful this year, where in, in other years, like before COVID, that was pretty like, that was all good. Um, but for my feeling in the, the minds of people, things are going to be, be easier. So for example, if you say like six years and five years ago, and you ask people to have a hundred percent vegetarian uh, menu, it was still like something what? very big to do. And now it's already pretty easy or common people say yeah okay of course we, we just do it so from for my feeling the, the awareness of yes some like subjects is really rising but still if you say a sustainable event like a truly sustainable event that's that's i think still very very hard for the most organizers almost a utopic i would say yeah, but that's that's also the questions we ask in the Green Deal Circular Festivals. That's like the pioneering group that they are really like like on yeah the spearheading. Yeah, and, and and still for them like like for example, none of of the pioneering festivals is compensating all their emissions. Would and you say that uh, is because it's still voluntary? Uh, I think everything is voluntary, but it's more if you really want to be a, a circular and a climate neutral event. Uh, of course, you should uh, uh, like avoid all emissions in the first place, and then the leftover you should 
compensate or that's the question right so you can also say no we don't do it we do we do something else with our money um but more like a truly sustainable event there are hardly truly sustainable events yet so it's still something on the horizon i think Again. and i think also events are really uh going together with society as a whole right because almost all aspects from an event are also in our society for example mobility so an event cannot arrange the whole like they cannot change the whole mobility sector right so they are also dependent on the other sectors how they gonna transition into the sustainable um uh way definitely i see events uh, as uh, prototypes of society uh if we can transform uh event and implement new models of thinking of designing uh and this about all the aspects mobility health and safety uh how to what types of uh production equipment we will bring to the event how will be my waste collection how what type of uh sanitation we're gonna use are we going to use porta potties are we gonna use composting toilets or like uh, all the learnings you can take from the event somehow they can be taken to be implemented in cities or neighborhoods or in every kind of scale in the end the planet is a closed system and everything you take you need to put it back and the same applies from the micro to the macro so events in my humble opinion they are the perfect prototype for society one because they can drive a lot of attention and uh, make a lot of people hear about so they can inspire others uh, especially when artists are involved and they have a huge number of funds and because it's a closed space environment that you can control so if you apply these concepts in a controlled environment in any other controlled environment you can replicate them uh, but yeah just a, a comment yeah, but to, to, because did you say they have a lot of funds like they have a lot of budgets no uh, I meant uh, fans, like people that love. Uh, yeah, love yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so I, I agree. But I think what is important and what I also see in events, like of course, this is a huge opportunity, but the events themselves are not the like the problem owner of the problems of society, right? So, in our opinion, uh, there must be more funding for, to experiment and to innovate and to support the event sector or maybe even the festival sector to also innovate on this because um i think it it's not how do you say it fair to say uh they have to 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 carry the cost for it right so of course i think they are testing but i in an ideal world i would say there must be more funding to and they are able to do the test because of course doing new things it it's mostly cost also time and investment and everything so i really hope um our governments but also uh, the european union sees this this opportunity uh how you um uh, sketched it um 
so how can you develop new ways and test it on festivals, but also scale it up to, to uh, cities? I'm looking forward to having more fundings coming from the government for this sector as well. I think it's a sector that can impact all the other sectors and it's lacking yeah. funding for it, definitely. Yeah, um, and also I think because they have a very, what you say, like it's it's a closed setting, but also they can redesign it every year. Like a city, you have designed it for for. 50 or 100 or 200 years and this you can design it for one year for one edition and then the next year you can already improve it or some companies even have like 10 or 20 festivals so they can even test it um, different solutions in different yeah in one season definitely one thing that i also believe that should be pushed more and more especially from the sector is the um the legislations i think this could accelerate a, a lot uh sustainability in the sector uh, we see that only really big enterprise companies in the sector are obliged to by law to issue some kind of sustainability or esg report uh the biggest players in the event sector they have to because they have thousands of employees thousands mm -hmm. of events but this is not the case for for festivals or uh, short-term events or even for companies that have multiple events, but it doesn't surpass this. Uh, I, I don't recall exactly the number of employees, employees you need to have to start reporting in European Union, but it's something around 200 or 500. I don't recall. Mm -hmm. Apologies for that. Um, but I see that, um, yeah, the regulations are really needed there to to push more events, uh, to start uh, going on this journey. And this sh should not be only regulations like duties for them, should be followed with funds and uh, facilities or tax credits that uh, events that can take advantage for being more sustainable. Mm -hmm and uh, a playground where we can test solutions and improve year by year and bring the solutions to to the other sectors as well but i don't see this happening so fast which makes me sad uh, but i hope we're gonna get at least by 2030 and mm. i hope uh, there will be a situation improvement by them talking about 2030 like how do you see i want to 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 also maybe you have a bit on this thing yeah so with green events we started as a company as like facilitating the organizers uh, and that's also that's still our like position but we also see that the the front runners so for example the people or the organizers in the in the green deal circular festivals they are great and it's, it's really great to work with them and they're, they're coming up amazing things. But if you really look at the impact of these festivals in the whole, like if we take Europe, of course, it's only a few percent, but because it's only 43 festivals and there are some big ones uh, uh, among them, but there are thousands of other festivals. And what we realized, um, again, yeah, now some time ago, uh, that the biggest impact is, of course, in the majority. And if the majority doesn't take action in the coming one, two, three years, 
Yeah, that that's really, uh, yeah. I think for us as Green Event and also with a lot of partners in, in Europe, we are now also having conversations like, okay, how can we create a baseline? So I don't know if it's regulations or something else, but how can we put some like baseline to have this whole, the, the, the people who really don't do anything lift up a bit so it's also an, um, a fair playing field because I think somewhere it's also unfair if some people do a lot and others, they don't do anything. And I think this is really common in every industry. You see this, you have uh, uh, front runners and then there is a group of people who do quite some some things. And then there is a large group of people who d don't do a lot of things. So um, I, think it was yeah, I agree that we, we, there has to be like a way to move this group also into action. Definitely, definitely agree there. In Portugal, there is some, I'm not sure if it is still working, this grant, grant. Uh, it was called uh, Selo Verde. Uh, in English would be the green seal. Um, no, sorry, the green stamp, maybe. Yeah, the green stamp that was given uh, by the government to festivals or events that could prove they did carbon accounting. They would get around 20,000 euros. I've been part of a, one festival that got uh, this grant once uh, in Portugal, and they used the money to implement their sustainability initiatives. Uh, so I guarantee that this use at least exists. I don't know if it still exists. But something like this that um, comes from the government that can be coming from European Union budget at the end uh, to, uh, I would not say award, but for example, when you have a, a big event and you don't have the money for accessibility, you can surely go to your government and get some grant to make your event more accessible for people that have a mobility issue or, or, or are blind or deaf and need uh, some specific infrastructure for them to enjoy uh, with enough respect to the event. The same could be for events. Uh, why not? Uh, you want to implement a sustainability strategy. Why can't uh, the government fund this starter point, at least for the first year, uh, could be an idea. I liked uh, what a lot what uh, Portugal was doing about this. Mm. In the other hand, um, I've been talking, I think it was in the first episode, I talked with a person called uh, Michelle Fox. She's the founder of uh, Members United for Sustainable Events in USA. And the problem with the event sector on her words is in sustainability is that because it's, it's not obligatory uh, to do any kind of sustainability reporting, you see either only the players that are being pressured by artists or their stakeholders to become more sustainable. Uh, but most of the players don't want to even start. They they think of it, they know about it, they see that it's becoming mainstream, but 
only when they have to, they will start. And I was asking her, okay, from the, she works with many events. And I asked her, how many of those events are doing something about sustainability? And she kept it at max of all the events I know, maximum 20% of them are doing something. Maybe not the full, full scopes, uh, three scopes of GHG accounting and reduction measures and offsetting the reminders, but they're doing something. Uh, the rest, 80% of events, usually they are planned for a specific purpose. For example, a car company makes an event to launch a car. Uh, company X makes a product, a, a new product, and makes an event to launch this new product. So events usually have this main goal that is doing specifically that main goal, and they end up mostly forgetting about sustainability because it's not the goal of their event. And that made me wonder how can can this mindset be changed voluntarily? Or is only possible through regulations and grants that incentivize, encourage, and demand even that this is done. Um, I think for now it's, it's voluntary and we see more events joining. A fantastic initiative what you guys did and pulled off with uh, so many festivals getting together to collaborate to become sustainable. Congrats on this. Uh, but really what I wanted to see is like what you guys do replicated all over the world. You, you know what I mean? Like that everyone has to join. It's not, not their choice. Uh, something that they have to, they must. It's their obligation as event producers, as part of the industry to accelerate a sustainable transition. Yeah, Not only on our sector, I mean, every sector this should be done, but since we are on Sustainable Events Podcast and we work in the event sector. Um, yeah, I would like to see this happening more and more. One thing that upsets me that I would like uh, to, to talk a bit about with you is greenwashing. Mm -hmm. This is a controversial topic uh, many times, but would you share some, I don't know, tips, do's, don'ts, that uh, even first, how events can start their sustainability journey, and second, how can they avoid to be labeled as greenwashers? Something mm -hmm. like this in that line. Yeah, of course. So, um, so for me, greenwashing is you put a lot of uh, attention on something you do sustainable, but it's only a small part of your organization, or it's only having a small impact. Um, so, for example, if you are a food festival and you're gonna um, say like, okay, our we like all our production is now digitally, we don't print anything, and you 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 are gonna communicate pretty big about this. For me, that's greenwashing because if you if you know the impacts on of an event. And also, if your main thing is food, you should focus on food. Uh, so I think step one is, yeah, getting your insights right. Right. So do the measurements via a tool. You know, I think you you have a tool, but there are some more tools. 
and just have clear where is the biggest impact of your event and where is what is something you could change. For example, mobility is a pretty hard one, but the things at your event like food, you can, of, uh, of course, change. So I think to avoid greenwashing, you should focus on the things you have control on and you can make impact on uh, and not yeah, put a lot of attention on the smaller parts. For example, the printing um, stuff. If you are, of course, a book event or something with a lot of printing, then it makes sense. So I think that's one very important thing. And also I think with, with sustainability is if you are going to pioneer in one thing, like, like doing a lot of things, my advice would be that on the other uh, teams, you should do at least the low-hanging fruit and some basic stuff. Because otherwise, maybe that's not greenwashing, but um, if you if you get a lot of attention for one team and you do it very bad on the others, people will criticize you, like media. And, and I think, so you always should have all your teams, and with the teams, I mean water, materials, food, like the, the, the common sustainability teams for, for events. You should all have them on a like basic level, and maybe choose one to really pioneer, the one which is really fitting your brand or your audience. Um, so I think that's also important to feel like it's it's not good to only have one very high and the others like really unsustainable. Do you know what I I mean? Yeah, it was perfect. Uh, very good tip for event uh, producers, there was there was this company in the Netherlands. It's like um, they sell stuff and food for consumers, <clears throat> and they had this um, vegan. No, they had they had a uh, sausage, and they there was like vegan bread on it. And it, in in the Netherlands, it was like this thing which goes viral. Like, okay, how stupid! So it was something with meat, but then they mm-hmm. said it's. Vegan bread, <laughs> almost always vegan, right? So this is also the greenwashing thing. Like, don't put a lot of attention on some little part of your event, or in this case, it was food. If if the rest is not not sustainable. Since we are on food, I think uh, to bring some good value to whoever is listening or watching us. Uh, maybe let's share some tips for food. The main one, like. I already said in the beginning uh, that people are more acceptant of this is bringing more vegan and vegetarian options to your menus. Second, I will give one tip. Make sure that you ask your attendees for their food preference so you can in advance know more or less how many people are attending your event so you can know more or less how much food do you need of each type. Uh, so you can avoid wasting food, contributing to sustainable development goals, and maybe with the rest of the food that uh, the leftovers, you can partner with a civil society or shelters around uh, your event and organize to take your leftovers and donate them to people that are in it. Maybe like if you have any tip to help people be more yeah. sustainable with food and beverage. 
so for the for the events, so I think not for festivals, but especially the the more uh, corporate events, which are often free or people get invited for it. So I heard this no show fee. So for example, people say, okay, I'm gonna attend your event, and then they don't show up. It's free if they are invited, but if they don't show up, you give them a kind of a no show fee. It can be like let's say 20 euro and you can choose what you're, you're going to do with the money. You can put it in like a, for a foundation or something else, but it really makes people aware that you're counting on them. And if they just don't, don't show up, you have to throw away food, right? And not only food, you also have a seat and everything this is very, for them arranged. Very smart. I like it. Yeah. So, and, and I already know some companies, they, they worked with this system and it worked very well, especially after the first event, like people, <laughs> people get aware. And I think, um, for the festivals, yeah. If you want to reduce your food impact, you should just low your, lower your, your animal products. Right. So if you don't dare to, to become fully vegetarian or even, um, vegan, you can also just lower the amount of dishes with meat and also lower the 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 weight of the meat in the dish right so so you can have it more as a flavor yeah, many uh, so times I think there that... is too much food on the plate that is not needed and by reducing yeah. the amount of uh, it depends in the netherlands actually if you go to the festival the portions are pretty small i think they are like 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 this so it's of course, people will have some leftovers, but I think especially the corporate events, they have lots of leftovers because also a good tip. So in the Netherlands, I'm not sure if this is also in Europe, but in a lot of food contracts with the caterers, they are obliged to, to have the, the dish till the end of the event. So they are not able to um, sell out or that it's like empty, which of course... Uh, ends up with lots of leftovers. So when we work with a big uh, corporate company, uh, international uh, audience, they remove this from the, the contract. So some dishes were just like running fast and then were just uh, empty, but then there were still other dishes. But I think these are also um, things in contracts, people don't even think of it. But if you read it and think like, okay, if, if the caterer has to... Yeah, make the dishes till the end of the, the evening or the, the events, then of course they have to throw away a lot. Definitely. Maybe a last tip. Change your plastic. Don't buy single-use plastic. If you have a water filling station, reusable cups, maybe put your yeah. beers on the top, juice on the top, uh, whatever. Just please yeah. stop, stop buying single-use plastic. Thank you. Yeah, I, good one. You mentioned this because in the uh, three festivals, in the Green Deal Circular Festivals, they tested with reusable uh, tableware. So normally, like the cups are already pretty common, right? But um, to work with reusable tableware for the caterers and uh, actually... May I ask how, how was the experience? Yeah, so I know for the visitors, it was very positive because, of course, it's better to have like a plate what, which is a bit harder and a bit, yeah, like um, uh, more stable. Uh, the caterers, I think, uh, in the preparation, they they were 
I don't know, excited is not a good word for this, but more than, yeah, they were like, okay, is this going to work? But it worked, but I don't know the numbers, like how, how much is left, like in the, uh, is disappeared, for example. So uh, I hope we get the numbers later this year from the festivals. Yeah, still, there is some emissions from the water that you use to clean, but it's far less than the emissions and the waste that uh, end up seeing the landfill. It's no existing. Yeah, I know for the cups, and of course, a cup is something different than a plate. But we did the LCA research, and after five times using the cups, it's already more sustainable than compared with recycling PET uh, cups. So, yeah, I don't know if, but but so if you use it like 10, 20, 30 times, it's it's much more sustainable, even with the washing. Yeah, amazing. Like, thank you very much uh, for coming today, sharing a bit of what you guys are doing, sharing tips with uh, people that are watching us. I'm really happy with our talk. I hope uh, we can have more of those in the future. Have you back uh, for us to talk uh, and give tips about other parts of uh, the event sector and how to make uh, events more sustainable. Actually, I want to, to mention two projects which are maybe interesting for the listeners. So one is the fest, uh, the Future Festival Tools. So they are free, a set of free tools. We developed them and it's funded by the EU. Uh, so we will organize a webinar in the 16th. Uh, so maybe we can share 16th. the link. In the Send me the link. November. And the link will yeah. be available. If you're watching on the LinkedIn, you're able to see... Uh, on the comments, or if you're on YouTube, we will also be on the comments. Ah, great. And also another project, so we have a lot of projects, the Festival Sustainability Lab, and that's that are like um, two labs. One is really a deep dive into climate resilience uh, with a, a German uh, partner. They are called One Resilient Earth, and the lab is for artists and also for organizers. Uh, and the other one is a lab uh, and really like a masterclass for events sustainability. So if you really want to learn more, it's by Life Green in Sweden. Uh, and I also, uh, I'm going to share the links and then you can sign up for that. Amazing. Awesome resource for everyone listening and hearing us. So thank you very much. Like uh, this is Sustainable Events Podcast and we hope to see you soon. Okay, thank you. Welcome to the Sustainable Events Podcast, where we talk with our special guests about the most up-to-date topics in sustainability and tech for events. This podcast is powered by Circular Unity, the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events.